He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Friday, August 12th, 2022. I hope you had a great week, you know, the usual. I really do hope you had a great week and you're ready for a big weekend doing more of what you make of what makes you feel most like yourself and cutting out the shit that is wasting your try to see it my way. Cutting out the shit that's um you know, getting in your way. You're pretty glad that I soldiered on through that last podcast talking about comedy. Because I got to tell you, the 20 odd minutes or whatever, I just, uh, I didn't think, <laughs> I, I thought you deserved better. And that's why I hopefully you, you got something out of that thing because I was, I was on fumes. I got to be honest when I recorded that and now I'm on fumes also, but you know what? It's Friday. So, or it's Thursday night when I record this. So who gives a shit? <clears throat> Excuse me. Tonight and tomorrow I'm at the punchline in Atlanta, Georgia, eight and 10 tonight, six, eight and 10 tomorrow, Saturday, uh, opening for the great Ian bag. I a N B a G G who else is on the shows. I'm told Catherine Blanford, she of the uh, recent appearance on the Jimmy Kimmel show and now a internationally touring headlining comic fucking amazing and <laughs> she's gonna be hosting a few times for me this weekend <laughs> i probably will mention that once or twice anyway please come to the punchline if you're in atlanta i'm sure the eight o'clock shows will sell out the six o'clock and the late sh- the six o'clock saturday and the late shows friday and saturday usually are pretty wild good time so come on over and let's see what happens it's the end of the week which means i don't know do you do you do a lot of teams do you do a lot of Zoom calls, Teams calls? I feel like sometimes I've done Teams where my breath has been so bad that the people would know it through the Zoom call. Anyway, uh, I noticed something that fucking irritates me about, about well, it's an amazing technology, isn't it? It's Jetson technology that we are talking to each other across the globe through our computers it's 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 amazing and impressive but it's not the technology that irks me it's uh you know this guy on teams where you're on mute and you start talking and it takes you just you know 2.5 seconds to realize that you're talking into the void because you are an evolved species that can see the lack of response, the flat affect on the audience, the faces of the people to whom you're talking. You've seen their fucking blank faces just staring back. And in like two seconds, you're like, oh shit, I'm evolved and I can pick up on social cues. I must be on mute. Watch this. By 3.5 seconds, I'm going to lift my hand out of my lap or from the desk or wherever it is, and I'm going to click the microphone, and then everybody will get to hear me, and I'll make some joke that everybody makes about, boy, what I was saying was really profound. It was really interesting. I'm not sure I could repeat it here. That's the joke that everybody makes. But you know that sensation when you're doing that, and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm on mute. And you go to, as you're processing the information that you're on mute, 
there's that guy on the call who's going, hey, you're on mute. You're on mute. You, you, dude, you're on mute. You're on mute. And it's like, I know, motherfucker. You, do you know that guy? Is he out there? He must be because I run into him occasionally. <laughs> hey, you're on mute. Hey, man, I'm sorry. You're on mute. You're on mute. You're on mute. Fucker, let me process what's happening. It's been two seconds, you fucking coke addict. Give me one second to, it's like I say to my daughter when she says, uh, can I have this or can I have that or can I have the first bite of the banana or whatever it is? Can I have the first bite? Yeah, you can't. Can I have the first bite? Like, girl, you got to give me a second for the electromagnetic waves caused by your vocal cords to come out of your mouth, go into my ear, be sensed by the amazing auditory system and translated into a signal in my brain that yields the perception of what you're actually saying. And then my brain does the math to transmit a response through my body that yields me handing you the goddamn banana. It just takes a fucking second. And it takes a second the older I get. <laughs> it takes a longer second. But that guy, it takes the older I get, that guy on teams, like, hey man, you're on, you're on mute. Just, you're on mute. You're, it's like, I know, bruh. Thank you. Good looking out. Just give me a one second. He's like the dude who's waving people on at the stop. Like, go, 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 go. Or the person, like, you pull up at the same time and they flash the lights like 60 times. I got you, homie. I appreciate your looking out. You're trying to help me out, but enough is enough. Just fucking calm down. He's out there. He doesn't keep me up at night, but he's a bit of a pecker. Just like the dude who arrives at the stop sign after you do, but then waves you on. Like, go ahead, go ahead. Like, I know, motherfucker. I know. I got here first. I'm going to go. The next time you honk at someone in traffic, ask yourself, who's the bigger asshole? You or the person you're honking at? I think it's a reasonable question. I'm not saying it's you, and I'm not saying it's the person you're honking at. I'm also saying if you live in Atlanta, as everybody knows, don't honk at anybody, because you will get shot. I'm saying, if you're at a stoplight, or a, let's say a stoplight, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a stoplight, a goddamn intersection. And the car in front of you, the light turns green, the car in front of you does not fucking take off like it's a drag race if it's like, one, one thousand, two, one thousand, th. I bet by th, they're going to start driving. Now, if they don't and they're self-absorbed and not paying any attention to you, you may might lay on the horn. That might happen to you. You, I mean, you might feel compelled to do that. But I bet if you go one, one thousand, two, one, and... and you might say, no, dude, that person is robbing us of two seconds of our life. Fair enough, it's inconsiderate. But also think about this. The person in front of you might be really high. You know, give them a break. You drive high all the time. Give and Well, stoners will give other stoners a break. I know that. But, or it could be a, an elderly person. It could be an older person behind the wheel. And nine times, I find nine times out of ten... If I put my hand on the horn when I want to honk, invariably the car goes within a matter of two seconds. And you know what? I don't 
personalize it. Because why would I? I could say, God, how inconsiderate are they? They're not giving a shit about anyone else but themselves and their own little spoiled, selfish life. But you know what? I'm not. That's not the case at all. They're just looking at their goddamn phone. Or they're high as hell. And it's not about me. I can... I can personalize it. You know, this is really what we're talking about here. We're talking about a... We're talking about a perceptual response. We're talking about a... Assigning meaning to something. A selfish interpretation of the social environment. To fit our narrative. That is, we are the most important person in the action. To us and to everyone else, so that when someone doesn't honk, or someone doesn't go after two and a half seconds, we're like, "How can this person be so inconsiderate? And how can they do this to me? They're not. Go around, let them be high, let them be old, let them be on their phones, drive fast, take chances. That's what you do. Make a crazy turn, a crazy right turn around them. Anyway, the guy on." Uh, Teams is just a little excessive with the hey, bro. I just want to, hey man, you're a, you're a, you're a mute, you're a mute, 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 mute. Everybody else is like, who is this guy? And when will he lose his virginity? <laughs> That's a uh, it's kind of a jockey thing to say, right? Well, I'm not making fun of virgins in high school. I'm talking about people who are, uh, you know, grown. Okay, I'm not talking about high schoolers. But if you want to talk about high schoolers, we can do that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so that's the guy. I hope you, I hope, I for the sake of uh, the conversation, I hope that you do not run into that guy on Teams too much. Yet at the same time, I hope he exists because I'm going to do something you're never supposed to do in stand-up comedy. And I'm going to open with that uh, just little riff that I just gave you. I'm going to open with that tonight at the punchline. Just going to see what happens. Hey, end of the week. You know that fucking guy? Is he here tonight? Well, fuck you. And we'll see what happens. But if you're listening, like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. I work at a, uh, a supermarket or I work at a gas station. I don't know what Teams is. Well, it's a Microsoft application that allows... Anyway, I'll give it a shot. You're not supposed to start. But... I'm feeling myself and I'm in a I'm in a happy place with my act and my bullshit in part because of you and the response to the podcast. So that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start with that little thing that I just came up with and uh I'm going to in just a moment here get to a letter. Someone wrote uh an email, a letter. I always screw that up. Here you know what we should do? Here's one more task you can do as listeners to the podcast. Email me the list of expressions I use that that date me or make me sound old. I'm not going to stop using them. I mean, except for like the R word. That that's I mean that I know is out of step, and I don't use that word. But I mean like got laid <laughs> or stoner. I don't know if people still use those terms. Uh, I actually asked a young comic like, "You don't say get laid, do you?" And they're like, "No." But that would be an interesting that'd be an interesting endeavor for me just to know what words that I use that make me sound fogeyish and dated. Just 
for my own shits and giggles. <laughs> That's probably one of them right there. That, so let me know, okay? You can message me on Instagram. You can email me at yesjoesmith at gmail.com. Let me know the expressions I use that make me sound old or out of step. Out of step is like, yeah, did you say the R word? Or are you talking about you? I don't talk about either of those oppressed groups. I'm thinking more of the colloquial around. I asked five comics last night under the age of 30 if they'd seen the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High. They had not. They hadn't even heard of it. <laughs> uh, so that was dating me. But I mean like expressions like stoner, shits and giggles. Uh, if you have any other that that you hear on this podcast, just let me know. And, and I'd appreciate uh, the knowledge, the self-knowledge. And maybe I would even talk about it on the podcast. Like I'm going to talk about this uh, listener's let, less letter, letter in just a second. And maybe that is one of the terms that I use that is out of step. <laughs> Referring to someone sending me a letter when they actually emailed the podcast. Before I do that, I've talked about my shows. What else did I want to talk about? I wanted, I talked about the teams, dude. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey man, you're, hey, you're on mute. Yeah, you're on mute. You're on mute. And it's like, I know. It's a good thing that I'm on mute because I'm calling you a motherfucker. But you can't really see, you don't really know that because I'm not, I'm not really leaning into it, you know? Uh, I want to talk about that. Did you see our dear friend, friend of the podcast, friend of mine, and comic who will live in infamy for performing the benefit, rich people benefiting other rich people comedy show that we did last summer that I'm still whining about. <laughs> uh, if you're new to the podcast, go back there and... and, and it, go back there. Uh, what I'm referring to, go back there. I would encourage you to go back and listen to all the podcasts after the early ones. But uh, there is a long, there are probably a board, long, boring arc of me talking about getting asked to do a fundraiser in my neighborhood that I recruited uh, two killer comics, both of whom are stars, if not in the if if not now in the making. Nick Murphy and Lace Larrabee came and did this show with me. And Nick has been out, I think, in Vegas performing the last, the last week. And Lace was on America's Fucking Got Talent. How incredible is that? That's, that's, she, and how ridiculous is it that she did this fucking show in my neighborhood? That's the way comedy works, you know? One day you're... You fly in high in April and shot down in May. Maybe that's something that says I'm old, is I can give you a Frank Sinatra lyric right off the top of my head. Um, and is it, fly me to the moon? That's not that. It's uh, That's life. It's that's life. That's what it is. If you can name more than one Frank Sinatra song very quickly, that is a tell that you're old. Lace Larrabee did that show. And Lace Larrabee was just on America's Got Talent. Catherine Blanford, like I said, hosted Limerick a few weeks ago. And then she was on Jimmy Fallon. Comedy's amazing. 
And the, as I said, the power distance is very low or small. The distance is small between, you know, grinding and then all of a sudden here's a Mary Lynn Rice Cup dropped into the Laughing Skull last night. She she was on 24. She was on one of the funniest shows ever. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Night School with Kevin Hart. All sorts of different shit. But she was at the club last night. Just had to work some stuff out. Working on her act. And uh, anyway, that's the, kind of what I love about it. There's an egalitarian. And in, for most comics, especially one, and this will connect actually to the uh, email that I received from a listener. I had this kind co- most comics who are good are not dicks. It's the, you know what it is? It's the comics who, I'm not talking about being a dick on stage in a good way. You know what? This is going to be a perfect segue into this person's message, this person's message, this person's email that they, they wrote in. But I want to quickly say about Lace, and I'm going to try to hold in my head the idea that good comics are not dicks to other people. Uh, Lace was on America's Got Talent on Tuesday night when Limerick was banging, and she did her set, and uh, and in the middle of the set, like she hadn't really, it seemed like she was kind of just building it, Simon Cowell, who people have said I resemble. <laughs> Bro, can you imagine how that guy lives? I don't know anything about him. I don't. I never got with the the wave of fucking English people coming over here and making fun of us. I never liked that. There was that fucking other dumb quiz show. Uh, was it Who Wants to Be a Millionaire or something with like a redheaded English woman? Like, oh, you stupid Americans! Fuck off! I don't. I don't like that because you're not about it. You're not about it. You're not about it. About it. You're. You're. You're like Piers Morgan, but you're getting your money, and Simon got his money, and so did that woman on that show. But I, it was like a whole wave 20 years ago of just fucking English people coming over here and making fun of us. Good, dude. What what have you guys done lately? Uh, nothing. I mean, <laughs> you left the EU, so shout out to y'all. I don't know. I never really liked that. Um, just, I'm going to be a cunt and make you feel like... Uh, you're not about about it that you're you're a tourist anyway but you're a fucking billionaire and i'm sure you move nicely simon buzzed lace in the middle of her set and people went crazy and lace was very upset i'm not i'm not gonna speak from lace's experience but that happened and it's fucked up it's fucked up that he cut her off. What's really fucked up is there must not have been anybody resetting the room because here's what happened. I was about to leave the house on Tuesday night to go to Limerick. And there was a guy on TV doing like some fake metal, right? It was like it was like Broadway metal. It was not like Slayer. There's another term that dates you. <laughs> Do you have a podcast that is devoted exclusively to Slayer? Yeah, there's an episode back there called Rain and Blood or uh, Angel of Death or something early on where I talked about 
Joseph Mengele and his significance in the Slayer catalog and his Wikipedia page that said, Joseph Mengele, the the angel of death, uh, here's his Wikipedia, and here's what he did after Auschwitz. Like, you just graduated from that. So there's fake metal that was happening and fire and the crowd chanting and it was it was like I said it was like it was like metal but done on Broadway. Like even Marilyn Manson would be like this is absurd, right? And that's happening as I'm about to leave for Limerick on Tuesday night. Then they go to the kid who was uh, faking that he's a meddler, I think. And he didn't really seem like a meddler. (laughs) He seemed like a Broadway performer. And he's being interviewed by the uh, Old Spice guy. And he's like, yeah, I just tried to do this. And then all of a sudden he started saying some crazy shit about the United States government. I thought, or I was was not hearing it right. And the U.S. government and, and population control and I don't know, he started to get real, and I was like, this guy is a punker. And then they took the microphone away from him. What he was saying doesn't matter, but it seemed like he was trying to shoot his shot, and or it was just part of his act of being a meddler. Meddlers are are not exactly political, just FYI. But this guy did his thing with this metal Broadway thing, the crowd's going crazy, uh, fires all over the fucking place. And then I leave and go to Limerick, and apparently Lace goes up while I'm in the car. Because I got to Limerick, I had them put it on TV, and everybody said she just went. Or somebody texted me and said she just went. And then I got home and I watched, and and Simon buzzed her. Simon gave her an X, as she's like, and so anyway, I would like to tell you about, and he's like, and he denies her, her ability to do what she's fucking there to do. It, as is the show, I guess. Which I've never watched until this year, until Lace Larrabee was on it. Nobody reset the fucking room, because when I got home from Limerick on Tuesday night, I went and watched her clip. And by that time, it had gone, the 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 wave of reaction, whatever the social media tsunami is, in Atlanta comedy, in America's Got Talent comedy, Twitter, Instagram, was all a buzz about Simon cutting Lace off, Lace kind of clapping back at him during the debrief or whatever, and just how it it didn't go how we wanted it to go for one of ours. She is one of ours. She's one of us, and we wanted it to go well for her. And she got fucked out of like actually doing the fucking thing was the the whole the the vibe let's say so i watched so i'm like all right there's a lot going on here so i got home and i watched i found on uh, youtube or whatever the clip of her set and the crowd is like they're laughing at her but there is the unmistakable uh vacuum in the room that happens after fireworks go off right there's just the the crowd is like just kind of because literally there were fucking fireworks going off in the middle of america's got talent while this this kid was doing this metal act and it's just an impossible almost impossible 
bounce back for a single person out there with a mic. I'm not saying it can't happen, but it's a very challenge. Nobody, when you run a show and you want every act to have the same likelihood of success, which is very important as a host, by the way, you want everyone to have the same chance of succeeding on their merits. You need, and if someone fucking destroys, if there's a metal band um, role player like this fucking kid was, that just levels, you need to reset the room. You can't let the crowd, or you're hosting a fucking Best of Atlanta at Laughing Skull Lounge. If someone levels and there's a comic coming up who's not as strong or as low key, low energy, not as much whatever, you need to reset the room. You need to take the, like America's Got Talent did not do for Lace. You have to take the crowd out of the experience. Let them have their experience they just had. Let them process it. But don't let them sit in it and carry it to the next performer. So reset it however you do. Acknowledge it. Talk about Fucking can you imagine the nuts on the next person? Maybe nuts is one of those words <laughs> that ages me. Can you imagine how the confidence of the person, can you imagine the, the, the courage of the person who's going to come out and follow that with nothing but a goddamn microphone? You know why? Because she doesn't need all that bullshit that this fucking jerk-off had with his fire and you guys in the crowd waving your dumbass signs. She's going to come out here with nothing but her heart and her head and tell you what the fuck she thinks. Right? And the crowd's like, fuck yeah, let's go. And then they get hyped for it. That's just my exaggerated way of saying you have to reset the room so the crowd is not still in their of the last performer's, their experience with the last performer when the next performer goes on because you want every performer to have the same likelihood of success, I believe, if you're a good goddamn showrunner and host. But they didn't do that for Lace. They clearly did not reset the room because I've followed murderers. I've followed ridiculous things that happen. And when you go out there, the crowd is still buzzed. They're still chattering. They're still like coming down from that experience. So, like I said, it's uh, it, it was apparent when I watched her clip, and and she probably I, I don't I, I'm not gonna talk about her performance because that's not the point of this. She probably felt it right away, too. Like, what the fuck? Like, I would like to come out to the goddamn dragons, you know, blowing fire out their ass and doing all this crazy shit, too. Where's that energy for me? And the answer is, well, they just nutted. <laughs> is that dating myself? <laughs> uh, they just gave it up, and now they're in the refresh. <laughs> It takes me back to human sexuality <laughs> class. They're in the refractory period. <laughs> That's what you're doing. That's what poor Lace had to do in that moment. She had to she had to try to be entertaining and funny and likable to people who were in the refra refractory period. Who people who were smoking a cigarette after having sex thinking I guess we could we could go have breakfast or maybe we could try to do it again. 
or uh, just take a nap, right? That's what those people were experiencing. And you know what? She still did very well despite that. But your boy Simon clapped on the the buzzer, and uh, I don't know. I and after that, I didn't I didn't really pay attention. But that was the uh, that was my for anybody who watched that thinks about comedy. The the key takeaway for me is the room was never reset for her, and she was doomed to not thrive. She didn't fail at all. She she hit. I I heard her hitting with people who were laughing, but like I said, she was performing for people who had just had sex. So I was like, yeah, we'll pay attention here. Like, what's going on? The AGT, but who fucking cares about America's Got Talent? She is. All right, you know what I'm saying. Like, I told you, I I, w- I was offended on behalf of Lace the comic when I watched her first set in which she crushed and got four stars and moved along in the process. And the two female judges were just talking about how how pretty she is. I, I you know what I was? I was irritated as a uh, as a man who objectifies women. Like you let me say that. You fucking women should be looking out for her and saying you're so talented and bright and all the hardworking. Nah, I was just, it was a little, it, it, it took away from the fact that she had a fucking good set with good jokes based on her life. That's the first part I didn't like. And also I have a daughter and, you know, I know that women are fucking awful to each other. Um, even at sometimes like that when they're trying to be, am I mansplaining? <laughs> anyway, I love Lace. I can't wait to see her again. She is too good to do Limerick, but you know what? Catherine Blanford is not. So anyway, that that's that my thought. There's the room did not get reset. So here's so it's the room did not get reset. That that's what happened, I believe, for Lace. Uh, here, let me read the. Uh, where's the let me, bah, 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 bah. let me read the email that I got around comics and comics being dicks and comics not being dicks and we'll see if it somehow connects to what I was talking about on the last podcast a little bit about you know joining a scene or enter trying to enter a scene and all sorts of petty foolishness so a new local Atlanta comic apparently listens to the podcast and she emailed saying in response I suppose to last yeah because to Tuesday's podcast because the the subject is and you can email the podcast even if you're not uh, in Atlanta you can and I know people outside of Atlanta do but if you want to do that, just email yesjoesmith at gmail.com. Tell me about the old people shit that I say. Tell me uh, about your relationship. Tell me about what's in your way. Tell me about whatever you want to tell me about. Tell me about your weekend in Asheville. Uh, by the way, someone else heard me tell that story about... Uh, whoever the founder of Asheville was and his connection to Arthur Ashe and asked me to go on his podcast to tell that story. And I was like, that's not my fucking story, dude. I just went on Wikipedia. 
And he said that it was, well, that's what their podcast is like. It's just, uh, anyway, it will be the first podcast, because that's how you're supposed to grow your podcast, is go on other podcasts and jerk off on them and tell everybody, I have a podcast, and you can check it out. As you know, this is uh, this is growing organically. This is this is guerrilla marketing in that it's not happening. It, the marketing's not happening. Just it's you telling people about it. So thank you and fuck all that. And I'm sorry for talking about that. The person wrote in. She wrote in on Tuesday. Today's podcast. She says, "I like hearing about your family and travels." I also like, since I've only been doing stand-up since February, so how many months is that? Uh, March, April, May. Six months. And while I say that, you fucking assholes were probably like the Teams guy going, uh, six months, bro, six months, it's six months, six months, while I'm just like, uh, let's see, okay, March, April, May, June, July, August, all of which took 2.5 seconds and you would have honked at me at a stoplight. Come on. We're supposed to be on the same team. All right. I like hearing about your family and your travels. I also like, since I've only been doing stand-up since February, all your insights into the modern realities of stand-up in Atlanta. <laughs> and elsewhere, it says. And elsewhere. Well, thank you. Are you the person who left a four out of five stars review? Hey, uh, this has some good instances, some good comedy knowledge in it. But if Aaron Rodgers were on it, none of us would be vaccinated. So 80%. And she continues, speaking of the need for more female comics, I want to tell you about something that happened at a recent mic I went to but didn't perform in. I got there late and the list was full. All right. Uh... A young black man took the stage for his three minutes and announced this was his first open mic ever. The crowd applauded and was very encouraging, but apparently he said a few things the host, who's a young woman, thought were misogynist. The reader, uh, the writer says, I didn't notice. <laughs> That's my kind of woman. You don't notice the misogyny. You just let it... <laughs> You let your boyfriend and husband say pussy. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe this means she wasn't listening. But she, she says, uh, I didn't notice. All right. So a dude came up. He said it's his first time. And she points out that he's black. Uh, and she says, she's, fortunately, she doesn't say African-American. She says, I mean, I'm out of my lane talking about what terms you should use. But I like the fact that she just said a young black man and she capitalized black uh all right so there's a black guy it's his first he tells the crowd it's his first time and then he does some jokes that the hosts perceive as uh misogynist and the letter writer didn't notice like i said my kind of woman <laughs> what i like about her she doesn't notice my misogyny i just <laughs> Would you come to come over to the punchline this weekend uh, and text me or email me and I'll get you in for free and you can watch me and Blanford and Ian Bag and I will do a joke that gets misinterpreted for I'm going to do it every single set. It gets misinterpreted for being misogynistic and it's been worked out 
on this podcast. So you know what? If you want to come see a show this weekend at the Punchline, 8 and 10 Friday, 6, 8 and 10, uh, send me a message and let me know, and I will ensure that you get in and you don't have to pay a goddamn thing. All right. It's, and you know why? Because, and I'm not trying to smash listeners, uh, I just like a woman who doesn't notice misogyny. <laughs> and we can have a good time. Uh, okay, so that's what happened. Guy went up and his jokes were perceived that way. Letter writer continues, when he finished, the host came back to the stage and gently scolded him for his remarks in the course of which she called him a, quote, boy. Uh Uh-oh. That is uh, tone deaf to say the least. So she came back to the stage and gently scolded him. Okay. She's not from the South, this letter writer continues, she's not from the South or even the United States, so I'm sure she had no idea how loaded this term was when applied to a black man. Okay, yeah, it's not a, a misstep, to say the least, on the host part. The black people in the audience, and by the way, now, black is not capitalized. <laughs> I'm fucking with you, letter writer, but... You've capitalized black several times, and now in the fourth reference, it's like lowercase. So the black people in the audience immediately took her to task, and after the next comic, she came back and apologized profusely. Okay. Uh, So she apologizes. But the host, okay, and then letter writer continues. But the host never said a word after a different comic did his three minutes, did his three minutes a few a little while later, defending Dave Chappelle said that trans women deserve to get beaten up, as he put it, the comic, the dude chose to put on a dress. Okay. By the way, I'm not saying that. Every man needs to wear a dress outside. But I put on a dress and it's fucking liberating. It's just the best. And if we weren't such idiot, uh, dude, wearing dress, uh, dress, I don't wear one on a daily basis. I don't dress up in women's clothing. That's not my wife's kink. At least she hasn't mentioned it. But I've worn a dress, and it's like, yeah, what are we talking about here? This is fucking great. And now dresses, by the way, have pockets in them. The whole game has changed. All right, so the dude chose to put it. So he, the, the, this other fucking shit or hack comic said the guy, uh, the not the guy, the uh, trans women deserve to get beaten up because that dude chose to put on a dress. Uh, letter writer continues, I didn't feel unsafe, but I was angry at the host's double standards. I doubt I would have spoken up about either of the sets, but since she did choose to complain about the one, I'm irked that she didn't complain about the other, and I don't think I'll be going back to that mic. Hmm. Well... What did the host do? The host chose to 
the host was just acting. It first of all, it sounds like a new host or not a a uh, comic who's been doing it for a long time. So I I would encourage you to show grace. It's a very challenging thing to host a comedy show, and that person's probably trying to figure it out. And like many other a comedy hosts, including myself, they will make incredibly numerous missteps along the way. But what it sounds like they were doing is they were first first trying to do the correct and safest thing. So the correct and safest thing Safest, like the least courageous, but also the smartest, so you don't get bundled by a big beating, you know, crowd doesn't beat the shit out of you, is to say that language, my language is inappropriate. I'm falling on the sword because I use the word boy, etc. And what I imagined for this host that happened was then when the next person came up, that, that probably rattled the host. Uh, it was a she, right? I don't know if it fucking matters. I just want to know for me referring in the story. She probably was really rattled for the rest of the night and the rest of the show so that the next time that uh, the Chappelle knockoff comic is making his jokes, she's just moving it along, right? She doesn't want to step into that. She doesn't want to... She's so shaken by what had previously happened she's just trying to get to the finish line at this point so like i said i would i would encourage you to show grace and and a little empathy uh, but that doesn't I'm not, I'm not to let the person off the hook for the double standard either if i were to put myself in the shoes of the host following the comic who made the Dave Chappelle hitting a dude in a dress joke, uh, I probably would have... It depends on what it would have done to the crowd. I, I don't think you mentioned here, dear letter writer, what the, how the crowd responded, but that would have informed my response. So I, I would have probably... If nobody responded and the jokes didn't hit but if, if the jokes are fucking killing then you have to acknowledge that you're in a crowd that supports fucking beating up people wearing dresses <laughs> which is fucked but i don't imagine the jokes were killing unless i missed that and then i would just sort of roast it with like a one-liner but it doesn't sound like this person has that uh has that yet and it's 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 a lot and it's it's complicated and i'm I'm just thinking of all the moving parts, including the way you're thinking about this as a woman, perceiving the double standard and safety and all these things. That the host is probably like, ah, just let's fucking wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. But what continues here that I would like to comment on just very briefly, because I think it connects to how we got into this conversation, this monologue in the first place about the best comics uh, generally generally tend to be the ones who are the least dicked. Uh, 
um, is what you said about I'm irked that she didn't complain about the other blah, blah, blah. And I don't think I'll be going back to that mic. Oh, be, well, you said at the beginning of the paragraph, I don't feel unsafe, but I was angry about the host's double standard. And then you conclude the paragraph by saying, I don't think I'll be going back to that mic. And those things are at odds for me. And what I mean by that is, if you don't feel your you don't feel your safety is jeopardized or in peril, I would say absolutely fucking go back there and go through that and get on stage and then roast the host and roast the other fucking comic who came before you. If you do feel unsafe, then no, of course not. Do not go there. And I'm not saying like just be wild and reckless. But the the motive that drives what I'm saying is I don't want uh, a new host who's trying to figure out what the fuck they're doing and some ham-handed comics. One is a first-timer. The other one is uh, making anti-trans jokes or trying to be Dave Chappelle to keep you from getting stage time. And if you don't feel unsafe, and that's the key thing, if you don't feel unsafe, fuck them. Just go. Do your time. Work on your material. And, you know, in a perfect world, you don't even acknowledge them. You don't even you don't even roast them. You don't even... It doesn't get into what you're doing because you're there, and this is what every open mic comic should keep in mind. You're there to get out of that mic what you need from it. It's not about fucking other people. And, and, and I mean, it's about fucking other people. Don't get me wrong. I see you young comics out there. Wild and there you go. That's an exp- I, I It should be wildin, but I said wildin. So that's how it's evolved over time. Wildin is an older term. <clears throat> I don't want you, I don't want to slow you down from what you from getting what you need and what you need if you've doing if you've been doing comedy for six months you need stage time and that place has it even though you were too late uh, and it would be an uncomfortable mental space as long as you are feel physically safe I would encourage you to fucking go back because stand-up comedy and the open mic grinder scene it's like an 8 a. I was telling someone this last night. It's like an 8 a.m. biology class on a Tuesday morning. You have to get up. It's a requirement. You have to get up. You have to drive over there. You have to walk across campus. Whatever the fuck it is, you have to park. It's a disaster. I almost said abortion. It's a disaster. Of, It's an assault on your 20-year-old senses. But if you don't do it, you're going to get weeded out. The system is going to remove you because you didn't persist. You didn't do the things required, right? I just feel like I was on top of my soapbox and I just teetered off. So if you feel physically safe, go back. Work on your material. You've been doing comedy for six months. The most important, the, the greatest 
thing you're seeking right now is time. Time to work on your act. That is sitting in your home writing, chopping out that bullshit, getting to the truth of the matter, the thing everyone thinks, that everybody experiences, everyone feels, everyone knows is true. And then going up on stage every fucking night and trying to say that. Trying to express it in a way that enables you to connect with people and people to connect with you. And this silliness, uh, silliness, this uh, bad comedy, and I, I just would characterize it as novice hosting, should not keep you from doing that. And also, if you want to talk about it, come over. Well, I don't want to talk too long about it, but <laughs> I've said what I have to say about it. But uh, Catherine Blanford, Ian Bag, and I will be at uh, the Punchline this weekend. So uh, hope you and everyone else comes over to say hello and uh, talk to you soon.